What is up, everybody? Welcome to the 613 Baseball Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything baseball here in Ottawa. I've got a great episode for you guys today for my second episode. Uh, I've got two great interviews coming up uh, for you guys. The first one is with the Miracle League of Ottawa, uh, with the founder, Michelle Dedoshi, and her inspiration, Bryce Dedoshi, joining us to discuss their charity foundation um, and the recent acquisition of the charity tag to their foundation. After that, I've got a special interview with Sam Ketz, the owner of the Ottawa Titans baseball team. So let's get started, and I hope you guys enjoy. <laughs> Joining me today is founder of the Miracle League of Ottawa and her inspiration, Michelle and Bryce uh, De- Sorry, did a she. Sorry, I've pronounced that all too uh, incorrectly, and surprisingly, I'm French. So, Michelle <laughs> did Um, thank you so much, you guys, for joining me on the Six One Three Baseball Podcast. Um, welcome to the show. How are you guys doing today? Uh, I'm doing really good. We're doing great. Thanks for having us on. No problem, no problem. Thanks for joining me on uh, the second episode of uh, the Six Point Three Baseball Podcast. Um, so Miracle League, I I've only really started hearing about it recently when I when I actually spoke with um, Rexy Gain last week on my last week's podcast, um, and he brought up uh, something that he started. We'll get into that a little bit later. Where did it all start? How how, how did it all start back in twenty twelve? Where did the inspiration come from? You want to come up? I can start. Sure. Uh, so the inspiration behind it was Bryce. Bryce is, well, at the time when we started talking about um, him playing baseball, he was 12. Mm-hmm. And actually, we've talked about him playing baseball his entire life because his dad's a softball player and we're huge baseball fans as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've always talked about playing baseball. We've always goofed around on neighborhood fields and always wanted to get involved in a sport that the three of us could do together. So um Baseball is one of those sports that you can be young, you can be old, you can be good, you can be not so good, but everybody can still play to some level, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I remember my best memories were with my grandfather playing in his backyard, just him catching and me me pitching. I ended up being a catcher, not a pitcher after all that, after years of just throwing my grandfather. But yeah, no, I, I completely relate to that. It's totally one of those games that everyone can play equally so we've just always messed around and played together and Bryce being so Bryce has cerebral palsy and he drives Mm -hmm. in a power chair um and he uses his chin to drive his power chair so he controls everything even the computer he's talking on with you now all the stuff that he does on his computer he does that all with his chin on a on a joystick controller so we and we were just new to the city at the time as well we had just moved to Ottawa in 2012 when Bryce was well, he was like seven, so it took a few years, but we didn't really know a lot of people in the city, and we ended up joining the um, the Challenger Baseball League. Um, th- Challenger Baseball is run through Little League, which is also a special mm-hmm. needs program. Um, okay. We had to play, we live in Orleans, and we had to play in Nepean, so we, just because the game times kind of fit into our schedule better, so we used to travel to Orleans, but again, we have a son with special needs. So we, we drive where the programs are because they're not always in our neighborhood. Yeah, no, trust me. For, when I started travel ball, it was the same thing. We played out of uh, the Nepean Sportsplex and I'm from South Ottawa. So I, I grew up in the Canterbury, South Ottawa area. So right. 
for me, have it, I had to do the same thing. I had to drive all the way out to the Nepean Sportsplex every day because it was either that play with the Knights or play with the Canadians. That's right. You go where the programming is, right? If you if you yeah. are serious about playing. So we traveled out to Nepean to play, but we played on a standard baseball field, and um, we, which is difficult for someone who drives a chair and mm-hmm. needs some sort of stability. For Bryce, it was his chin. So the more his head would bounce, the more tricky it would be for him to drive his chair. Mm-hmm. And I was watching um, television and there was this show on a long time ago called um, Extreme Makeover Home Edition where they used to take like these amazingly deserving families and build mm-hmm. the house home of their dreams. Yeah. And in one of the episodes, there was a foster mom who had nine foster kids, all with disabilities who played baseball at Miracle League. So I was like, huh, it's an interesting thing. Cause you know, the world of Google, you can be like Miracle yeah. League, what is that all about? Right? Cause I have a son who's in a wheelchair and can I do that? Yeah. Only Google to find out that these, these fields are all over the US and all over Puerto Rico and Australia and Mexico. And there was only one other field like it in Canada with that- the completely rubberized I don't know if you haven't seen the Miracle League. You'll have to come and no, see the Miracle League. I do have to I do have to come and see the Miracle League field for sure. Um I haven't seen it yet. I know exactly where it is on Navin Road. Um yeah. but I, I just had I, I've driven by it, I'm sure. Um if you've driven I, down Navin Road, you've driven by it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I but it's just never dawned on me to to look over there. Now you started this program, uh you started the fundraising start sorry in 2012. When was it that you saw the episode of um extreme makeover that got you the idea oh yeah probably 2006 probably a good six years before that um okay so yeah it was um it was it was one of those things that I always kept in the back of my mind because being a parent of someone with 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 a disability of some sort you always kind of keep your you know nose to the Mm -hmm. ground of what kind of things are out there if you want them to be involved socially and Bryce is a very very social kid who loves spending time with people. So, um, and we've always been kind of like, he wants to do things. So let's figure out where we can do these things and let's do them. Yeah, so, I, I've seen that with Bryce, especially now. We'll, we'll touch base on this when he comes back, when he gets it, sure. when he joins us here. But um, he's involved with the sports community all over Ottawa. Like I, I, I've noticed that with him and he's very involved and everything like that. Um, so it's great to see that. And I'm, I'm glad to have you guys both on. Once again, I'm being joined by uh, Michelle and Bryce uh, Dirashi, um of Miracle League of Ottawa. So you're mentioning that you saw the uh, Miracle League as part of um, the show Extreme Makeovers. So, and you were telling us a little bit more about that. With that, with that whole experience in the back of your mind what drove you to reaching out to miracle league um we again we wanted to there was nothing like this in the city or in canada in the city of ottawa period and we just thought that you know this is ottawa it's the capital of our country it Mm -hmm. should be a little more progressive when it comes to including those with disabilities and making life a little more enjoyable and fair and equitable for all of these kids so we just kind of started talking to people that we knew again we just didn't live here so we didn't Mm -hmm. know a lot of people we had zero connections that the the community we had was our work community and our son's social and school committee that's that's all we pretty much knew when we moved here so 
we just continuously, continuously talk to people about, you know, wouldn't it be cool to have this kind of a, this kind of a situation here mm -hmm. um, where we could include all kids with special needs in a much more safe environment for them to play in. So as we chatted and chatted to many people, you know, some people were like, oh, it's a great idea, but it just kind of, everything just kept, you know, conversations would stop and we would just kind of be like, I don't even know who we need to speak with next. Oh, what a great idea. Oh, let's go on. But then it mm -hmm. would die. And then we were at a challenger game actually. And we um, met David Gourlay with the champions. Um, he was working at that same time as um, trying to bring the champions to Ottawa at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And um, he was instrumental in getting us connected and getting us through the fundraising phase of starting the Miracle League field when he also said, you know, simple things like a washroom that kids with disabilities can use. Um, it's one thing that he saw when he said when we used to stand up Bryce beside the side of our van and he would pee outside, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But it's just those little indignities that you don't realize that there's not not every space is accessible to those in wheelchairs and it mm -hmm. should be, they should be allowed to go almost anywhere and things should be there for them. So he thought it was a great idea. He had some connections. We brought our personal story to it and it just kind of, it almost became a no brainer, which was kind of frustrating that we, you know, stumbled so many times. And then all of a sudden it was just like, everyone was and thinking, this is just silly. Of course it should be here. Right. And that's it. And that, and that's what it takes. It just takes that one person that's in the right spot to really help push the push that first snowball down and and that's one of the things that that i've noticed while build, while building this podcast and and having you guys on and having these these different views on is that it just takes that one spark of inspiration um to really drive it forward right and you had that with the champions and how was that working with the champions to get that fundraising especially right at the beginning because you guys started this in 2012 this was at the beginning of even the Ottawa champions starting so he had his own thing going too so how was that working in tandem with that especially now with the new titans coming it, it really worked hand in hand like the, he was trying to rebuild the whole brand of baseball in the city and the fact that you know baseball is a family it's really family entertainment. It's really one of those places that you can bring your little kids to your big kids to if they're into baseball. And I think the drive for bringing, although the drive David's drive for bringing baseball here started well before miracle league, but I think it was just another one of those kind of, I don't know, frills, you know, one of those little extra little fun things that looks nice on the outside. And, um, if we're trying to bring inclusion and family entertainment into the city, why can't we just team up together and mm -hmm. bring that here? And now, you know, with missing professional baseball, I'll tell you, it's a good thing we had COVID. It's not a good thing we had COVID, but like there was no team here last year. We were going to miss it. I tell you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get that. I a hundred percent get that. And I can't wait for this season to, to come up. And I, 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 I'm really excited. We agree too. One thing I want to bring up real quick. Um, did you know that uh, before little piece of history? Now, Bryce, you might be a little too young, and you guys weren't in Ottawa at the time. But we had a Triple A team here of the Montreal Expos, the Ottawa Lynx. Um, yeah. And a little bit of since since we mentioned the Ottawa uh, Titans, and we're going to have Sam Katz on the, on the podcast a little bit later. Did you know that the Ottawa Lynx came over from Winnipeg originally? 
back in the 70s, the, yeah. the Winnipeg team used to be the AAA team for the Montreal Expos. Yes. Oh, you knew, you knew that, that first? That, that's yeah. awesome. Woo! <laughs> I actually just found that out recently while doing some digging uh, at, on, uh, on Sam Katz and, and the Titans. I found out that uh, about the Gold Eyes. I, I thought that was awesome. Interesting piece for sure. So I, I do want to bring up something that you guys mentioned that you mentioned is the fact that uh, the Miracle League in Ottawa and the, and the field that complex that you guys have is only the second one in Canada. Um, where's the where's the other one? It's in it's in Amherstburg. Amherstburg. It's in, in okay. Amherstburg, which is in Windsor. In Windsor. Okay, so so it's it's in the Toronto area now. Have you guys been in conversation with um, other with the because I know you guys have a partnership with uh, Jay's Care. You've been, you've been in conversation with Jay's Care and the federal government before COVID on um, potentially expanding uh, in other areas in Canada and, and having this program accessible to other uh, kids across Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I think the Jay's Care Foundation um, funds a lot of fields through the Challenger program, through the Challenger program of Little League. I think I don't know a lot of the history about that partnership, but as far as I know, there's a partnership with and challenger to build um, more accessible fields, but not quite as rubberized as miracle league is because miracle league, if you can see in the picture there, it's kind of like it's total rubber. Like there's no dirt, there's no turf, there's no bumps. There's nothing (laughs) there. That's That's the reason why I got the picture. Yeah. So if you see the field, there's like nothing that's a barrier anywhere on that field. If you're in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. if you're in a walker, if even if you walk with, you know, canes or a little bit of a limp or something, there's nothing there that will impede you from getting all anywhere. The, all the doors are wide. So you can fit the, the wheelchairs and everything. Yeah. Get on the field, get into the dugouts, to even just the bleachers. There's a spot in the middle for two chairs to sit on either side of the uh, bleachers. That's and what's awesome. the cool thing, Bryce, about the, about the seats being in the middle of the bleachers? You're not always pushed to the outside. That's awesome. That, 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 that is awesome to, to have. And just to have as part of the Ottawa community, not only the Ottawa baseball community, but to have in Ottawa. Now, this field, I, I've seen pictures. Unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to, to go visit the field yet. And it is on my list as soon as... Uh, I am able to, um, I, I, at the time of recording, unfortunately, I can't, found out that I came in contact with COVID and had to get tested. So I'm in self-quarantine right now. As soon as that is done, I am definitely coming out to see the field and, and have a look at it. Um, now, I, once again, I'm speaking with uh, Michelle and Bryce uh, Nedashi of the Miracle League of Ottawa. Um, now, this fundraiser that you had started in 2012, you raised $1.6 million to um build the field and, and broke ground in 2015 how was that uh grat- gratification of being able to break ground and and see this uh egg finally come to to rest it just felt amazing being able to have a a diamond like this hopefully to be that was built back in 2015 it was just really cool being able to put that shovel in the dirt first, getting the first groundbreaking of 
this wonderful field that we have today. That is that is amazing, and that, that I can't imagine how that must have felt. It was a very, it was a pretty emotional day, believe it or not, because it was a lot of work, a lot of pounding the pavement. Again, once it, the story kind of got out, it became no brainer. So raising the money, like the city of Ottawa was a massive partner for us. Um, they came up with 50% of our funding in order and, you know, donated land and the, the field is built. There was an existing baseball field there before. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, I guess, an underutilized field. So they kind of gave us that location and we just kind of ran with it after that. And it just, all levels of government were instrumental in allowing us to let this happen and have been back to visit every time we have a grand opening. They're back to visit every time. Um, what, whoever is in whichever level of government at that point, there's always been some major, major community support as far governmentally. And it's starting to kick, it's starting to pick up people realizing that it's there, you know, and it's kind of tucked in the back. So if you're driving down Navin Road, you won't see the field because it's kind of tucked in behind a couple of community centers and such. But once you get back there, it's a kind of an interesting thing. You drive down this little road and it kind of opens up at the end to be like a ah, kind of moment, you know, when you're like, wow, we call it our little piece of heaven back there. It's just one of those places where barriers are zero and there's nothing stopping anyone. Again, it's also including everyone in sport. We don't want it to be just that place where the kids with disabilities play. We want a place where, for lack of a better cliche, the playing field is leveled. Everyone can play together, whether you have a disability, whether you don't have a disability, everything everyone can be included in the exact same game again different levels baseball is just one of those games that can include everyone somehow you know rules can 100%. be adapted everything about it 100 percent. and even even you say rules can be adapted i find with baseball one thing that i love about it is that when we talk about rules can be adapted when switching between regular baseball and wheelchair ba- wheelchair softball wheelchair baseball isn't much of a difference there's not huge difference between them it's the same basically it's almost the same equipment it's the the rules don't need to be adjusted very much if any the the field yeah in your case has it's a full rubberized field but nowadays i actually went down to college in the states there are, there were a lot of fields in the us that were all turf um, I, I think of, um, the baseball head and you, and you say your own piece of heaven. I think of baseball heaven, uh, just outside of New York city. It is all turf. It was one of my favorite complexes to play at and it was sure. all turf. I, I'm not sure if you guys have had a chance of, of visiting that one, but it, it was not, amazing. No. Sounds fun. To, we have to find out where that is so we can go see it. Yeah. It's, Whenever it's we're allowed just, to travel again. <laughs> exactly. Whenever we're allowed to travel again, it, it baseball heaven is just outside of New York. I had like 10 tournaments there. It was amazing. It, the fields were just all turf. It, it was all rubberized turf too. It wasn't like carpet turf. Yeah. Um, and so a lot like what you guys have at your complex and it was fun as hell to slide. in. I, I can say that much. Well, I don't, I, if I were you, I wouldn't be sliding on the miracle league feels it, you might it might hurt yourself a little because it's pretty rubber but and there's concrete underneath there but 
Yeah. Um, no now, in our game, but <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned um, ex- uh, other other um, players in other sports, like not just for for hand, for special needs, um, but also for everybody. Now, I do know that you have a very close partnership with Capital City Reds. Um, he did bring you guys up several times during our interview uh, last week, and. I'm just curious to know, are you looking into partnerships with the other uh, other teams here in Ottawa with getting them out to, to come and do classes with Bryce and, and the other kids and maybe even play games with them like uh, with the, like you do with the Capital City Reds? Um, have you reached out to the other organizations to, to include them? We ha- Yes, we have. We have had, um, we were just starting to get revved up, not this past season, but the season before COVID. We were just, we had a lot more teams that were making themselves available. So we had a team um, from the Ottawa Knights come and also play a game with our kids. And they've actually reached out again this year, hoping they can do the same. Now, I'm not sure how that's going to work as far as, again, last year we played only an eight-week season because Mm -hmm. of restrictions. We weren't allowed to play until, you know, late into August. And um Our program also um, depends on a lot of volunteers. Our goal is because families of kids with special needs always, one of the parents is always, you know, roped into like being a helper or being a support person during that sport. So that help facilitate their children playing the sport. What we Mm -hmm. wanted to do at Miracle League is we wanted to be, we have a little canteen out there. We can make some popcorn what we wanted to do was be like provide the support for their child so that they could grab some popcorn, sit in the stands and be a cheerleader for one hour, which you never, ever, ever get to do as a family with, you know, kids that need some extra help. It's always mom or dad that's out there helping. And we just wanted to kind of, and they love to do it and they will do it endlessly, but they also loved the fact that they could sit in the bleachers and just be a cheerleader and cheer on their kid playing baseball it actually started with the capital city reds i think they were our very first team that we've had out every year since we started i believe um to come and the the goal is to get teams to come and play with our kids um buddy up with them um give them some skills give them some drills just be a buddy for an hour on the field Mm -hmm. and I think Mm -hmm. the baseball teams really learn some perspective at the same time they kind of really you know take a step back in their game and go whoa there's like (laughs) there's like a little bit more to the intricacies of baseball that you don't really sometimes you take for granted when you're in the sport as an athlete right and and I I find it also opens their eyes a little bit because one of the things that we used to do in, in college and one of my favorite things to do was to host kids camps where we as, as college players, we would give out these drills and stuff. Now, when we were in Buffalo, the kids there, they get it every year. They know who we are. It was, it was one of those. And they had the, the Buffalo Bisons and the Toronto Blue Jays and New York Yankees. And they, they, they had this close proximity to actual pro baseball. Um, but then my second year of, of school, we went down to, te- to Texas in a small town of Texas in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of Arlington and Houston. So kind of in the middle. And for them, it was like if they had professional, professional players showing up. So for them, it was, you saw it in their eyes. It was this joy of, ha- of having these, lack of better words, 
professional players. It totally is. That were are able to give them tips and drills and and stuff like that. So it's great that you have that you have that community in here and are able to not only teach your your kids but also teach the players on the on the other teams that humility. And I know that a lot of teams have come out of it saying that exact same thing, saying they've appreciated their perspective. They they feel like they've got they got more out of it than our kids got out of it, which is exactly mm-hmm. what the point is of baseball and taking the game down a level or up a level like it's Bryce might have a disability and in a chair but understanding baseball he knows all of it Mm -hmm. so he totally um knows the game understands the strategy we watch baseball all the time um and he likes to follow the rules which in Miracle League so the, the the gist of Miracle League is you kind of everybody gets a turn at bat um, nobody's out. The last batter up always hits a home run. So everybody scores, you know, we don't really keep score, but then we wanted to put, we also wanted to build something where there were kids that, um, want, knew the rules of baseball, um, understood that, wait a minute, that wasn't a hit. That was a foul ball. I'm not running to first base on that foul ball or whatever, whatever yeah. the thing that was a strike. Don't call that. A, no, that's not fair. You know, they wanted to play by the rules of baseball. So then we started our, our major, we, we called it the major league and the minor leagues. So our major league kids, you know, we have two coaches for those teams and they do skills and drills and play strategy of baseball. You know, they understand, you know, tagging up on a fly ball, all those kind of things that, you know, those little strategy rules that we try to incorporate into the game. And then the bulk of our program is that minor league program where, Everyone gets a chance to play no matter what, right? Yeah. And or brothers and sisters play together. Um, it's not like, you know, Little League where you have to kind of make the team. Everybody makes a team, you know, we're uh, always. That, uh, that's exactly what I was going to compare it to, actually. The minor League versus Major League. As in, like, Minor League as in your Little League, your, your fun, your, your house league. Your, your, you're just going out there to just have fun with your friends. Versus the major league is more like your Ottawa Knights, ONC, Capital City Reds, your your quote-unquote travel team, which is a little bit more rule-driven, more you're you're following a set of rules uh, more to a T, right? Yeah. And there are some kids who like to play that way, and there are others who would prefer not to. And we Mm -hmm. really like to cater to everybody, whatever their competition. Like, again, we call it competition. We don't really compete. They keep score. We have winners and losers and that kind of stuff. But we don't, like, keep league standings and stuff. We don't do any of that kind of stuff. We just get out. It's human nature to compete. Yeah, it's, you need to compete. And, you know, winning and losing, there's, there's things to learn about winning and losing as well. You know, you don't win all the time, but... Starting that's not really involved in Miracle League. That reminds me, like, remember when I had that track and field day? And what happened on that track and field day? I got a, a first place ribbon, but I didn't finish first. So he was like, wait a minute, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't deserve yeah. this. I didn't win. Right. But, and it's an important skill for kids to learn still, right? Hundred percent, and you learn more from losing than you do from winning. I learned that at an early age, and I'm glad that you guys are teaching this to these kids. That it's not as important to win, but you need to have fun. Once again, I'm speaking with Michelle and Bryce Dedoche of Miracle League of Ottawa. Now, you mentioned that it's not just for for players with special needs, but also for everybody. Do you offer 
camps since you are for everybody since you have these partnerships with the uh, travel teams in Ottawa? This is kind of what we're hoping to start. This is kind of part of our plan before COVID, right? I feel like we had so many things that we wanted to do this year. Again, we had so many teams that wanted to come out and, you know, the Ottawa Patriots and Bytown Dodgers. We had teams that would use, and the interesting thing is city fields don't open until, you know, mid-May usually as far, Mm -hmm. you know, depending on weather and stuff. I think weather's starting to smarten up a little bit more where we're able to, but we had a lot of teams um, reserve our field because it's made of rubber. It is one of the first fields that's ready to play. Like once the snow goes away, it's ready to play. We don't have to wait. We had a lot of, um, you know, the Bytown Dodgers, the Ottawa Patriots, the Ottawa Knights all used that field early in the season mm-hmm. just for mm-hmm. some kind of, you're not going to get a true baseball experience on that field because, you know, you're, you're going to get clean bounces every time. But they would use the field for like infield practice and just ground ball practice and just drills and stuff. Um, that, that you didn't need to have like the dirty ground balls that you hit, you know, that could take like six different bounces before you have to catch it. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so it was really useful for a lot of the teams to kind of mess around, but still be on a baseball field. Right. We really want a lot of those partnerships with all of the different levels. I didn't realize uh, honestly how much baseball there was in Ottawa until we started to meet more teams and such through the Miracle League and through figuring out how we could partner with a lot of different teams. We also do a, um, a wheelchair softball program. So it'll be, it's the first wheelchair softball program in Canada that okay. it's adults who use manual wheelchairs and we play on Wednesday nights. So we're trying to be the first wheelchair softball team in Canada and make, grow the sport to become a Paralympic sport someday. So uh, also, and that's what I was wondering too, is if you guys wanted to wanted to try and get this sport, like how much do you guys want this sport to be in the Paralympics alongside baseball and in the regular Olympics as well? Oh, very much so. It's a long process, but not impossible. And, you know, we have to start small and build from there. So we also run that program on Wednesday nights. And we a lot of people, you can come out and do that as kind of a team building experience too. They bring... Um, my husband plays softball so his softball players come and jump in wheelchairs and they play a game of wheelchair softball again all the rules are the same except for they use a bigger ball and you can't crash on the bases and stuff but there's like little rules to keep everyone safe but it's a really good again giving people perspective you know playing the game of softball in a wheelchair is totally different than playing on your feet you know so yeah we really like to just bring perspective and just you know show people that everything can happen we just have to adjust and include everyone in a sport yeah no and and that's that's the one of the big things especially with with covid and everyone being stuck inside everyone just needs that escape of energy of course they they need that escape right and i find what better way than to play sports and it's great that you offer this as well where you have the equipment that if group of people want to want to rent the field and rent the equipment they can go and do a team building or something like that and for for all that for for the listeners at, at home now once again i'm speaking with uh, michelle and bryce deroche of miracle league of ottawa if anybody wants that information as to how to get in contact with you for renting out the field renting out the equipment if they ever want to do that and a list of your programs where would they be able to find that Oh, the fastest way to find us is um, our e- our website is miracleleagueottawa 
sorry, Miracle League of Ottawa.com. Um, we also have a Facebook page, Miracle League of Ottawa. We like to update posts there. We can receive messages there um, on how to book the field, on how to come and see the field, on how to sponsor the field, anything. that uh, We just love bringing people out to see it because, again, you won't see it when you're driving down the street. If you mm -hmm. don't know it's there, you won't know it's there. Um, it, even if you have to drive in from Canada, it really isn't like Orleans is not the other side of the world. Um, it's not that far. It's not like driving across Toronto, going from Scarborough to Vaughan, it, it, for example. It's, it could be, it could be worse. That's for sure. I also found out big news about you guys that you guys announced recently that you guys got the nonprofit tag associated with you guys. Is it, oh, uh, charitable status. That's right. Yes. The charitable status. You guys got that recently. Can, can you elaborate a little bit more on, on the feeling of receiving that as a organization like you are? Oh, it's, it's a huge deal. We can, so it allows us to, you know, um, issue tax receipts for those who um, wish to make donations to us. We're able to issue them a charitable receipt for their, you know, income tax deductions and um, also allows us to branch off. We want, like we're doing Miracle League. We've been around for five years. We also want to get more involved in giving back to the community. So we want to make sure as an organization who's in receipt of so much amazing things from our community, we want to be able to turn that around and give things back to our community. You know, at some point having an athlete scholarship where what, you know, when a kid's going off to school and we can, you know, offer a little bursary of some sort to a student um, support all kinds of different nonprofits in our own in our own community and give back to those who gave to us and continue to give to us and continue to be supportive of what we're trying to build. I do have a question about that because you mentioned the bursary and everything like that. Now, I, I was fortunate enough to receive the uh, Michael Suzuki bursary out of Franco State. I'm not sure if you've heard of that bursary or anything like that because it, it did involve a former baseball player a teammate of mine that had passed away in, tragically in a car accident uh, my senior year and his parents had started out a bursary for Franco State students that were part of the student uh, athlete program you had to show exceptional um, character on and off field of play um, have have you heard of that bursary or seen or seen that? Because I once started in 2009. Oh, no, we have. I haven't personally heard of it, but I'm going to look it up now for sure. Um, no, I haven't seen it. And the good thing is, again, it's not we don't always want to base our experiences on grades either. You know, grades are fantastically important. Yes, we understand how important it is to get good grades, but. I've always said to Bryce too on his report card, you know, the grades are amazing, but I want to know, you know, your character, your initiative, your skill building, your team leadership skills, your ability to work on your own, all of those little character traits. We want to really exemplify those because sometimes you're not the greatest student, but you're a really good guy. You know what I mean? That's it. You just need to be rewarded for that, you know, and we just want to mm -hmm. make sure that we're reaching the people who are sometimes unreachable and um, getting everyone included is just it's part of our mission statement providing those experiences to those who may have difficulty accessing them and we want to make miracle league one of those places where everyone can go that's awesome um you talk about the, the complex itself and how much more you want to do now i bring up your mission i brought up your mission statement uh, that i found um while looking at your website and you bring up some new programs that you're looking to include in the miracle league complex itself can you elaborate more as to what these programs are that you want to bring in? 
COVID kind of curtailed a lot of our plans for this year. We want to bring some wheelchair basketball demos out there. We mm. want to bring bocce ball, which is another sport that Bryce excels at. Um, we want to kind of make a, a court for that outside. We're in the first phase. We built the first phase of a fully accessible playground that will allow wheelchairs to drive on, which never happens in the city. Yeah. Um, so, and we're working on three more phases of that playground out there for kids with disabilities. Branching maybe our mandate into other sports would be. So Bryce, question for you. Um, you say you're a big baseball fan and huge in the history of baseball. Do you know who uh, Jim Abbott is? No. <laughs> you don't know who Jim Abbott is. I, I definitely recommend that you search him up. Uh, he was, again, this is definitely before your time. This is actually just at the beginning of my time. Um, Pitcher through the, through the 90s for the New York Yankees. Um, pitched with one arm. Okay. Um, he pitched 11 seasons and was third in running for, for the Cy Young in 91. I, like... The stories like that and seeing stuff like that, it, does that drive your love for the sport of baseball even more? Of course it does. It's just cool how they're um, getting those kind of people, allowing them to play the sport they love to play. Awesome. Again, this was at the beginning of my time. This is but I, I'm a 91, so this is right when I started loving the, the sport of Unfortunately, it was with the Yankees, but I, at the time, I was an Expos fan more than a Blue Jays fan. So for me, it, the, the, just the story of Jim Abbott was awesome. I, it, as long as he didn't play for the Mets, I was happy. <laughs> Bryce, what is your favorite position in, uh, of baseball like, on the field? If Ooh. you could pick one. Probably shortstop. Shortstop, so uh, Boba Shet, you're a Derek Jeter. Yep. 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 Going in the going in the holes, getting the ball and gunning the guy at first. Jump throws, yeah. <laughs> Jump um, throws. Who's your favorite player? I've had a lot. <laughs> They've all been traded. He, he made himself a rule with the Toronto Blue Jays because every time he chose a favorite player, they ended up getting traded. So he stopped picking favorite players. Okay, who's your no favorite non-Blue Jays player? <laughs> Non-Blue Jays player? Fernando Tatis Jr. Fernando? Did, did you see? Un unfortunately, my fantasy team is hurting right now because of the injury yesterday, the freak <laughs> injury he had yesterday. I hope he recovers quickly and he doesn't need surgery. My fantasy team will very much like that. <laughs> and then I guess after that, if I had to go, I'd say Buster Posey. Oh, Buster, yeah. I, I, as a catcher, as a catcher, I agree. I, I fully agree with that. And Bryce, um, Harper, and Bryce Harper. See, I actually saw Bryce Harper play live um, in college. Um, actually, just before college, in high school, when I was on a college travel team, we were in Florida for a showcase tournament. I, I luckily did not have to face him, but I saw him at 18 years old hit a ball. I swear it still hasn't landed yet. <laughs> um, I have one last question for you, Bryce. Um, what drew you to the sport of baseball? Uh, 
probably my dad. Your dad? He grew up as a baseball player. Okay. He, I've asked him this question recently, and he said, <laughs> out of the sports that he played, he would have loved um, if he could have gotten professional. He said, yeah, baseball would be the one he would go professional. I, I agree. I agree 100%. As a guy that played almost every sport, baseball is still probably my, my number one to play. And my number one that I wish that I, if, if I was able to go pro, it would have been my, the sport I would have gone to. So once again, I'm talking to Michelle and Bryce, founder and inspiration of the Miracle League of Ottawa. So we were talking expansion uh, for the Miracle League field in Ottawa. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about that. So I know there's a whole increase in, in visibility for Paralympic sports and everything like that. Have you considered expanding for other Paralympic sports, like I said, like wheelchair basketball uh, or some, or other Paralympic sports? Yeah, it's always kind of been in the back of our mind. Again, baseball is our primary focus. Not to say we couldn't adapt and overcome some of the logistical challenges of playing the other sports, but we could easily adapt into the other sports. Again, baseball is not there yet, and it's not even that recognized in Canada, wheelchair softball, but Again, the field is also smaller, so we couldn't really have like a standard baseball game out there because it's a little bit smaller. We are looking to expand to make the field bigger so it is more standard for Olympic sport. Mm -hmm. um, again, that's super costly, so it's probably yeah. upwards of a couple hundred thousand dollars to do that. But um, again, right now, it's just getting the kids involved and mm -hmm. doing something recreationally. Um, again, we've had wheelchair basketball um, demonstrations out there. We've mm -hmm. had an ultimate Frisbee team came out and played Frisbee baseball. Like we adapted a Frisbee game and we played some baseball. They jumped in chairs and did the same thing. So we have the capability to do all kinds of sport. We just wanted to kind of focus on baseball to begin with and then yeah. branch off as we go along. And it's great that you have this here for baseball in Ottawa because as I'm Back when I was young, when I was growing up in Ottawa playing baseball, it was you had little league until you're 16, and then you had a choice between Ottawa Nepean Canadians or Ottawa Knights. And then if you wanted, if you didn't want to join one of those two teams, you went out to Brockville and joined the and joined the Bunnies. So really, really, that was our choice for travel teams in Ottawa. Um, unless you wanted to drive the four and a half hours every weekend to go join the Ontario Blue Jays or one of the Toronto travel team, uh, provincial travel teams. Right. So like you, not knowing how vast this community was and, and the untapped potential that there was, there was here for baseball and, and everything like that, it, it's great to see that you have this program uh, coming in and it's great for this now we mentioned expanding across canada what are there talks about maybe opening up different chapters with miracle league itself um across canada uh yeah yes there are a few different places that have reached out unfortunately we're tied under miracle league corporate in the u in the u.s where we kind of you know we're not allowed to give out a lot of information until they we become members of the miracle league right yeah yeah. Um, so as far, I think um, there's also a field being built right now in 
Belleville. I think it's the Quinty Field of Dreams, it might be called. I think it kind of runs again under the Challenger program, but I think it uses a lot of the Miracle League surfacing and stuff. So I think it's similar, but it's not technically called the Miracle League. I, I really think that back when we started and we opened in 2015, it kind of just blew the whole thing up and it kind of just opened everybody's eyes to the need for this kind of a facility in every city in the country, as far as I'm concerned. Not but necessarily the need, but the demand too. It's, yeah, it's out there. And we just, the old baseball, you know, the old baseball quote, the whole, if you build it, they will come kind of quote. It totally makes sense. You know, we started nope. off with about 15 kids our first year. Um, the year before COVID, we had a hundred kids that were playing. And that was from all across the city um, coming out to see the field and realizing that it's not that far and realizing that we had so much to offer in terms of accessible sport and just a place where you don't run into any barriers, which is unheard of. There's barriers yeah. every, not here though. <laughs> it's pretty that's, good. That's awesome. And the fact that there's this expand expansion that's happening like w with this, would you like to see one day where a competitive wheelchair, softball, wheelchair, baseball comes in, where you have teams like the Reds, the Knights, the Canadians, the Patriots, but have like what the Ruck is trying to start with his special, with his um, special needs team, but mm -hmm. having a travel team like that for, for them. That would be totally perfect. Um, the fact that Rock's going to come out and use the field for an, an, an extra level of special needs programming, which is huge. It gives the kids an opportunity to play again. Who want to play a little bit more competitively? Again, I'm not sure how long it will take for us to get a team together that could actually travel, but to, to host kind of like a little tournament of some sort, even within the city, would be totally cool and would be, you know, not every kid fits on every team. and. Mm -hmm. Miracle League, we have a spot for every single player, no matter how good they may be, or maybe they play baseball and they get better, and maybe they just stay at the same level. It doesn't matter. All, all I can think of right now is Mighty Ducks. Have you seen the new Mighty Ducks yet? Not yet. We want to, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I've watched the first two episodes, and everything you're saying, it, it, it draws me into the fact that the mom, is her kid gets cut, and she builds a team for him to just have fun with it that's and a miracle yes totally that that is totally what i what i see it as is you have a group of kids that want to play competitive that want to play competitively because they watch the jays they watch the yankees they watch the red sox they watch their favorite players like bryce's like Tatis, that is out there changing the game mm -hmm. and they want to bring that they, they want to experience that it's it's the total reason why miracle league exists is for all of those kids who whether they got cut from little league teams or whether you know following the rules is tricky whether just staying still is tricky it's just nothing is wrong at miracle league you don't do anything wrong ever nothing that you ever do is bad nothing that you ever do is out of place nothing that you ever do if you want to play for half an inning and then you want to go run in the playground for a while go do that and come back when you're ready you know it's just kind of like that outlet where the kids can just do and be what they are and honestly sometimes the game of baseball is just secondary it's a place where they honestly just can come and play with their friends and just be 
who they are without anyone, there's zero judgment. It's just one of those really, really overall safe places for yeah. everyone to just be who they are with who they are and hang out and do something similar, something together. Whether you're good, whether you're terrible, whether you love the game, whether you don't love the game, it just, <laughs> it's one of those things you can always do and just be cheering your teammates along. Again, some kids come out and don't play at all because they just mm -hmm. aren't feeling it today. And that's okay. The game yep. will go on and you jump in if you feel like it, you know? It's just hanging out with, hanging out with friends and doing this is allowing me to reach out to some of my, some of my old teammates, my old friends that are still involved in the baseball community, like uh, Steve Renault, for example, from the. So Steve Renault and I are working together very closely as far oh. as teaming up between. Oh yeah, I know Steve Renault. Well, I don't know him super well, but I know we've had many, many conversations. I've only met him in person once, but we've talked over email and the phone many, many times. He's the one who reached out to me this year to say, "Listen, my kids had an amazing time last year. Um, we want to do it again, or not last year, the year before. We weren't yeah. allowed to have." at the field but um we want to do it again this year and I said I would love to have you guys back if we're allowed you know last year we had to run a very short season mm -hmm. and we couldn't bring our volunteers out which was something that is again the core of our programming is having volunteer buddies out to help with the kids we couldn't do that last year because again everybody was keeping their you know bubbles small and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. this year if it, you know later in the summer if we're able to you know if we're able to have larger gatherings we we'd love to have again steve has already reached out without me even having to ask him again this year he was like listen we did this and i want to do it again can we do it and unfortunately i can't say yes right now because we don't know if we're going to be allowed but if we're able to definitely his team i, I don't know i probably met some of the nicest kids i've ever met were on his team because they were just they came out, you know, they, they were a bunch of kids who came out to honestly play and share their love for the game of, of baseball mm -hmm. with our kids. And they weren't out there, you know, sometimes kids can get sent out to an activity and they're like, oh, I have to go here because my coach told me. They were out there not with that attitude at all. They were out there willing to do whatever they wanted and they left the game. A lot of the parents left the game saying, oh my God, I had no idea this was here. How can we get more involved, you know? So there's a lot of kids... And I think one of the players from Rock's team, I don't know, Matt, I think Matt Wagner is the guy that's going to be running his um, special needs team. Mm -hmm. was one of the guys that Bryce took to very quickly when he, you know, went to watch a few Capital City Reds games and that kind of stuff. And there's just those kind of people in baseball that I also think are untapped. So I think there's those people that are kind of hanging out there that can get involved in the game of baseball. So you bring up a good point here that, and, and, a couple good points here that you're finding a bunch of good people that are want to get involved in the game of baseball that don't know how or don't quite know where to look to get involved. And you, your whole platform is volunteer based. Because mm -hmm. um, as we mentioned before, you're, you've got the charity organization status this year within the, in Canada. How do people get involved with you? How do people reach out? What pro uh, this year, especially with COVID, how, how are you going about it? <laughs> again this year is going to be tricky we can't we, we're not introducing new people to the field in mm -hmm. order for our kids to be able to even be involved they have to kind of bring someone from their own little bubble to be their volunteer support on the field um once all of that kind of opens up again and we're able to have you know expand our bubble of people and restrictions may or may not be a little less <laughs> um going on the website 
and sending an email to miracleleagueottawa at gmail.com. I get those emails all the time and I'll reach out to anyone. I've had a few people register to volunteer and I've just told them I'll keep them in, you know, let them know um, when we're available, when we're able to have more people come to the field. The, the Ottawa champions, when we had the Ottawa champions here, we ha- they came out, they brought their entire team out for a special day at the field with all of our kids because those games, you know, kids like, with maybe like Bryce in a wheelchair or kids who can't handle the big crowds of a baseball stadium and that kind of stuff. They never really get to partake in those amazing, you know, run the bases after the game at the Ottawa champions game. Well, a lot of our kids can't do that because yeah. they, not that they can't, but the, the environment is overwhelming. The accessibility is terrible. Um, they don't really get to participate in that kind of stuff. We're bringing a team like the champions, which we're hoping to do with the Titans again, Again, later in the season, when those things may be allowed to happen, we can hope. Um, It just gives our kids an experience that they don't always get to have when they're in the hustle and bustle of 4,000 other kids that want to get on the field. And -hmm. sometimes our kids get overlooked a little bit, right? So those huge, I think it means just as much to the players. I know working with Sebastien Boucher and doing all the stuff we do with him, he loves the Miracle League field. Yeah. And it was a no brainer that the Titans were going to be able to come out and play with the kids provided we're able to do that at this season at some point. And, le- and like I said, my favorite memory of college baseball was going to the college world series and doing the instructions for the kids. It was by far one of my, my favorite memories and my most humbling memories as well. It really is. It, it, it's perspective. I can't say perspective enough. It's just, a chance to get out there and share your passion for the game with kids who have the equal amount of passion, but probably just need a few little extra steps to be able to pull it off. And everyone Mm -hmm. is able to play baseball. I don't care who you are. Exactly. 100%. Now you mentioned your biggest resource is volunteering. What, what volunteer opportunities do you guys have for those that want to get involved? Our biggest volunteer role is, is called player buddy. So it's coming out. And what we like to do is we like to pair a buddy with a player and we kind of introduce that buddy with the little player's family. So the mom and dad of the, of the player can explain to the buddy what kind of things will best help their child excel at the game. So if they need, like, I'll, I'll use Bryce as an example because that's the one I can speak with about the best. Like Bryce drives his power chair, has mm-hmm. difficulty swinging and hitting the ball. So he needs somebody to help him swing the bat. He hits a ball off a tee. Mm -hmm. Um, with someone's hand over hand help in the field he obviously cannot bend down and pick up a ball that's hit towards him so the buddy is there to pick up that ball for him put it in his lap and he knows where it needs to go or if he because he's learning the strategy of the game he knows he needs to throw it to second Mm -hmm. or wherever he needs to throw it that person will throw it for him so we have that buddy there to help with the parts of the game that just are with it, you know, not within their reach all the time. Some kids just need help staying focused and saying, okay, now we have to watch the ball and we have to run to second. They just need those reminders sometimes of what they need to do with whatever happens next. So player buddy is likely our biggest volunteer role because we like, some kids need a buddy, some kids don't. So we like to make sure we kind of match up whatever kids need help with, with a specific role. So that's the biggest role we have for volunteers. And usually the more we have, the better. And we do have a canteen that um, we sell hot dogs and popcorn and little snacks and stuff. So that, and hot dog, like 
water and freezies and popsicles for those hot days. Um, volunteering on our board and on committees is another way to get involved. You know, whether you're really good at websites, whether you're really good at social media, whether you're really good at graphic design, whether you're really good at um, podcasting, uh, podcasting. <laughs> at <anything. laughs> we do have a volunteer announcer that comes out every year as well. So we have like a wireless microphone that he walks around with. Again, he's a very shy guy who doesn't mm-hmm. like to speak to a lot of people, but give him a microphone and he like opens up and totally does play by play and adds a total different dynamic to the game. You know, we have, um, when we have special events, we run special barbecues. So we, you know, we run a bar again, when we're allowed to serve food, hopefully we're open to anyone. Like we have recreation coordinators. If we, if you have a program that you think will work on the Miracle League field that you would love to run for kids with disabilities, let me know. And we can fill it in somewhere. Um, recreation coordinators, fundraising coordinators. Um, we run a golf tournament in September. So we always need volunteers for that. We have a mascot named Homer, who's like a big guy with a baseball head. So, you know, one of those costumes you can throw on and be goofy and no one has an idea what you're doing. So Homer is a mascot that we always need people. So it takes a special person to be a mascot. You have to be fun and you have to be special. Yes, we call it special. But it does. It's a skill set, right? I could, I could put that specialness on the same level as being a catcher or being a goalie in hockey. You, right. you, need, a spe- you need to be a special kind of special to, to be those positions. <laughs> but yes. the possibilities are endless. If there's anything that we can do, we have all kinds of things. You know, again, we're a volunteer-run board who all have full-time jobs, right? Yeah. Miracle is a total volunteer passion for all of us. Everything mm-hmm. we do, Miracle I might spend more time on my Miracle League work than I spend on my full-time job, you know? So it's just... <laughs> We're all volunteers and we all have Mm -hmm. lives and families and full-time jobs outside of this. So if we can take all of our parts and break them up into, you know, all of our big parts and break them up into little pieces. And Mm -hmm. if if someone's good at doing a newsletter, then that's their only job or something like that, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. And that's great that you are, that you offer all these opportunities for for people to get involved and parents to get involved with the, with the baseball Mm -hmm. community. And these are great opportunities, not only for, for parents to get involved, but also um, students to get involved for, for high school credit, for their high school credits and stuff like that, especially if they're, they love baseball and love teaching uh, the sport of baseball to others. Exactly. It, it's, a great, it's a great program. It, absolutely amazing program you have going here, uh, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining me today. Again, that was Michelle Deragy uh, of Miracle League of Ottawa. Once again, uh, tell everybody where they can find uh, information on, on you. So our website is Miracle League of Ottawa. We also have a Facebook page, Miracle League of Ottawa. Look us up. All of our updates are there. Um, you can reach me or anyone on the board from that, e- from that email address um, on the website. And our field is in Navin, just on the outskirts of Orleans. It should still be Orleans, but it's not. It's, it's on Navin Road and it's it's, you know, it's a 15 minute drive from downtown Ottawa on a Saturday morning. So come and check us out when we're allowed to have spectators. <laughs> um, and you'll see a really interesting, exciting baseball place. Thank you so much, Michelle. Once again, that was Michelle Deroger of Miracle League of Ottawa. Thank you so much. Thanks, Justin. Hey, Bryce, how about you finish off with what was your dream? What was your line when we started, when we opened the Miracle League field and you were interviewed? What was the line that you said? If you say your dreams out loud, they'll usually come true. That's awesome. That's an awesome quote.
Thank you so much, Bryce. So once again, that was Bryce and Michelle Dedoshi of the Miracle League of Ottawa. Such a great program. I do encourage that you go and check out the field once we are able to move and explore the city. It's a great program. I definitely also recommend you go check out the website. So up next on the 613 Baseball Podcast, I have president and owner of the Ottawa Titans baseball team, Sam Katz. Sam, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Glad to be here with you. Um, so you are the previous owner of the Winnipeg, or are you still the current owner of the Winnipeg Gold Eyes? Still the current owner of the Winnipeg Gold Eyes in the American Association. Yes, I am. Good. Perfect. Uh, so you've been the owner of the Gold Eyes uh, since its inception in 94. So the year after the Lynx started here in Ottawa. That's correct. So I know the Lynx got the AAA affiliation of the um, Montreal Expos uh, right off, off the get-go in, in 93. Were you trying to get that, that same, what I like to call lettered affiliation um, with going at the same time as the Lynx were, or did, were you going independently the whole way? Well, I, I was very fortunate to have um, met one of my heroes in baseball who's become a very good friend, Pat Gillick, who basically... Uh, was running the Toronto Blue Jays. And I've done some work for them here in Winnipeg. And we started talking about, you know, Winnipeg should have professional baseball. And we did talk about uh, AAA baseball. And I had made several inquiries. I actually brought two different teams in the Pacific Coast League of AAA baseball. First, it was the uh, Calgary Cannons and the Edmonton Trappers. And they played games in, in Winnipeg at the football stadium. And I remember we were using a crane the first time to hold up the backstop because we didn't have a ballpark. And then I did it again with the uh, Edmonton Trappers and the uh, Portland Beavers. I just bought their games out and they played in Winnipeg and there was a good response. And so I started talking to different um, owners, et cetera, to see if anybody was interested in selling. I actually did a deal with Peter Pocklington to buy the Edmonton Trappers and move them to Winnipeg. Uh, subject that's getting the votes, but we never got the votes. Uh, I then talked to John DQ, who was in the American Association of AAA Baseball. He owned the uh, the Denver Zephyrs, and they were told they had to move uh, because the Colorado Rockies were coming. And uh, we did a deal, but he was also told he had to go to New Orleans. And after that, I basically bought a franchise in the Northern League, which eventually merged with the American Association. Probably the best thing I did was not buying a AAA team because Winnipeg weather is not conducive for baseball in April, to be very frank with you. Just doesn't work. You can go on the road for a while, but you can only go on the road so long. Oh, yeah, no, I, I know. And I, I actually went to school in uh, Viterbo, Viterbo University in uh, across Wisconsin. Okay. Um, so about four hours from when that's where I actually first found out about you guys and about the gold eyes. Um, it was interesting to see like the fact that baseball was, has such a story history in Winnipeg itself, just embedded into Winnipeg, I, which I didn't know. And I, we have a running joke here uh, uh, around Canada about Winnipeg being winter peg. Um, just because of how cold it gets. And I, I've been in, in Winnipeg in the middle of January and it's, no word of a lie, it being winter paint. It's cold. Anybody who tells you it's not cold, 
just tell them to walk down Portage in Maine with the wind chill and they'll be crying. There'll be tears coming down their eyes very quickly. It's cold, but I will tell you this. It's a beautiful place. The four seasons are great. You know, we have them all here. My kids love to play in the snow, you know, so it's, 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 it's great for that. Summers are beautiful, but way too short. But you yeah. know what? So to be very frank with you, the American Association schedule is just ideal for, for Winnipeg and most of the teams that are in that league. Yeah, and one of the um, big things, too, that you mentioned is the fact that you originally hosted the games out of the football stadium in Winnipeg. And while I was looking into the history of, of not only the baseball in Winnipeg, but also the history of baseball in Ottawa, in the 50s, we had a, another affiliated team with uh, the New York Giants. And um, we actually played our games out of TD, what is now known as TD Place. And I saw pictures of TD Place set up as a baseball uh, field, and it just looked wrong. Well, well, let me tell you how, how wrong it was. When we, and we played for five years at the, at the football stadium, um, our play-by-play -play person was probably closer to first base as opposed to being behind home plate, okay? <laughs> it reminds you of some of the great baseball movies they made where they just make all the sound effects and make the call to play. Because if you're listening, you can't really see anything so they can say anything they want. We, we used to say the left field line was basically 300 feet. But if you went any more than 280, you'd hit a wall quick, okay? <laughs> so, so, I mean, it did have, we did have natural turf, which was good. I mean, mm. as you mentioned, Winnipeg, you know, has had, you know, the Winnipeg Whips, uh, and we had a farm club for the Expos many years ago as well, and they had a nice ballpark, but they actually tore it down to make a practice field for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, so we didn't have anything, and then in 1999, I actually built a ballpark downtown. Now, talk about that as well. You mentioned the Blue Bombers, and how, growing a team in Winnipeg that is not known for baseball, and is far down the list of uh, of sports that that we know Winnipeg for, like hockey, football with the Blue Bombers, the Winnipeg Jets, the Manitoba Moose, um, and that community of football and, and hockey. And it's very similar to here in Ottawa, um, where you have like baseball just falls so far down on the list. How is it trying to grow that game and that community in Winnipeg? And what are you going to bring that you did there here in Ottawa? Well, you know, it's funny because I've heard that from many people who told me, you're crazy, this isn't going to work, you know. But I've been told that many times in, in my career, and I'm sure I'll be told many times more. But the, the reality is where it had been almost a quarter of a century that we hadn't had any, that we lost our baseball team. So, you know, so we're now dealing with people who've grown up zero baseball, okay? There's still little league baseball and that kind of stuff. Um but here was the reality and the reason I got into it. I mean, I, I come from an entertainment background, okay? Mm -hmm. You know, producing concerts and Broadway musicals and other events as well. I, I happen to be a Jet season ticket holder, uh, which I still am, and I was a Bomber season ticket holder. But I noticed the prices were going up and up and up. Uh, you know, it's very expensive to go to an NHL game. Mm -hmm. And I knew that people couldn't afford to do it all the time. And if you took your family of four one time, you know, the budget could be shot. So I thought, you know, maybe we should get something that a family can afford to come to on a regular basis, or maybe, you know, 10 or 12 or 15 times. And, you know, when we first started off, you could bring a family of four to a baseball game for $20. Yeah. You know, so, so, and, and the other thing is, we're all about 
entertainment, okay? It's, you have to, just because you have a business, whether it's a sports business, doesn't make a difference, whether it's, you know, football or soccer or, or hockey or baseball, the fans don't owe you anything. I mean, when you look, when you look at everything out there that you can do with your disposable dollars, which are very precious, you know, you, you can go to restaurants, you, you, can, you can go to, to uh, concerts, you can go to operas, ballets, symphonies, summertime. There's so many festivals, just like Ottawa. Winnipeg is full of festivals in the summertime. Yeah. So there's many options. So it's up to you to motivate and inspire them and make sure once they come that when they leave, all they're thinking about is what a great time. Let's do this again. 100%. And now you're, because baseball in Canada, you're, also, you're competing uh, with the CFL, right? So you're in the, right in the middle of prime time with the CFL, unlike uh, our counterparts with uh, the U.S. that have that nice break from the NFL and the NHL, very primed to be in baseball season. So that must be even more difficult for you, especially with the CFL being so big in Canada and especially in the, in the prairies. Well, it, it, listen, the Bombers have been around for a long, long time, okay? Uh, but, but here's the reality, okay? If you do your job right, and if you make sure you entertain, everybody's looking to be entertained at a reasonable price. And if you, and if you don't hold people hostage when they want to buy any food and you give them a good variety and they see, hey, you know what? This was a real fun evening and it was inexpensive. I can tell you in the last 20 years, the Gold Eyes have sold more tickets to their games than the Bombers have about 17 out of those 20 years. So, you know, it's, it's all a matter of giving the public what they want. You, you got to make sure as far as the consumer, the answer is yes. Now, what's the question? So when we built, you know, we started off in, in, in the football stadium, but when we built the ballpark, you know, we have at least, you know, 20 plus different varieties of food. You know, we, we have a, a play area for the kids to go if the parents want to take them because sometimes their attention span isn't that long. We have a mother's nursing lounge, you know, for, for, for newborns, et cetera. So we made sure we tried to accommodate as many people as possible. And, and that's, that's the scenario. I mean, you know, I wish I had been there when they built the ballpark in Ottawa and I would have told them to do a few things differently. Yeah. But the nice thing it is, about it, it's large. So we have, things, we, we have opportunity to play around with things because it's got great capacity. 100%. And there's even more, more space to, to kind of grow a little bit around the area to, to, to add a little bit. Just a teensy weensy, not a lot, a little. <laughs> Unfortunately, back in the 90s, back in, in the model of the Major League Baseball in the 90s, it was uh, not the smallest footprint possible. That always I mean, listen. Look at, yeah. look at the We, we went through the same thing in Winnipeg. We were on a, a small footprint and limited. Otherwise, I would have done a few other things. But you got to work with what you've got. Exactly. Um, now, one of the big partnerships that you you have going on with with this as well is OSEC. Um, you're partnering with the uh, Auto Sports and Entertainment Group that own the Red Blacks and they own the 67s. They also have a big partnership with TSN 1200, uh, the local radio station here. One of my big things that I've preached since the departure of the Lynx is the lack of media attention for base for professional baseball here in Ottawa. I know you guys so far have done great things with your social media, 
Um, and I can't wait to see more to come. But one of the things that I remember growing up, um, because I'm a 91, so I grew up with the Lynx. Um, my first job was actually Bat Boy for the Lynx. So for me, having that experience is fantastic. And I actually found out about it because of something I saw on TV while watching the links on Rogers 22, the channel here we had in, in, in Ottawa. Do you have a, can we have a peek to see if you have anything under the rug that's coming in pipelines to give that access to, to the fans? Well, first of all, you know, when, when you mentioned OSEG, a great organization, great people. Uh, I do a lot of my work with Mark, uh, with Mark Gowdy, who's the president and uh, Adrian, who basically runs the football operation. And of course, you know, I've met the principals there. And I can tell you right now that it's, it's my opinion, and I, I hopefully I'll get to be proven right or wrong, that the way things have been done in the last 10 or 12 years wasn't the way it should be, okay? As I said to you, it's up to us to motivate you or anybody else to buy a ticket. It's up to us to entertain you. It's up to us to make sure you're laughing and having fun. And it's up to us to put a quality product on the field and every game we're out there to win, hopefully make the playoffs and win a championship. And you have to also work with all the local media, you know, in the, in the community. Ottawa is a little bit different because you've got French and English. You've also got Gatineau, which is very big on baseball. So our goal will definitely to be, we'll be in the community, okay? We'll be there strong, uh, making sure that the, the Titans are well represented. And we certainly will be working with the media as well. The only thing I need at this stage of the game is to get the border open. And if you could help, that would be terrific. <laughs> 100%. And everybody that's listening can help wear your masks, keep social distance, listen to public health. Do your, do your part. We're in the middle of a pandemic. You, you talk about the border and that's one of the big things that's come, that, that is prominent for sports in general, regardless whether it's hockey, soccer, baseball, is the, is the border. Um, what, what is going on with that? What, how, what's coming up for, with COVID? Is well, there anything that's coming? Yeah, here, I mean, here's, first of all, no one knows, okay? It's up to the federal government. Um, as far as the, uh, you know, the border being open, that'll be up to them to make that decision if and when. And, and obviously their job will be to make sure that the safety of everyone is, is the number one priority. And then of course, there's the quarantine, even if the border's open, but if you have a 14 day quarantine, that obviously doesn't work. Now, you know, um, the CFL I think is, is, is actually very lucky. And so is the NHL because the CFL is all Canadian and the yeah. NHL, has enough teams to have their own Canadian division. Well, as you can see, the Blue Jays are not so lucky. In our, in our situation, you know, we're looking at, at several different options, how we may start the season, you know, where we may do our, our, our training camp. And if we know that it's not gonna be open in time, we would obviously start with a, with a road trip on the road. And so we just give ourselves as much time as possible, trying to sooner, sooner than later, get a definitive answer, you know, from the, the governments, you know, can it be open? Because if the border is open, we have a complete protocol for COVID-19. So anybody can come to our ballpark and know that they're going to be safe. And that My, is the number one priority. 
should help with the hotel that's right there. But I'm sure part of it is partnership with the hotel and all and via and via rail the rail system, especially for the games with Quebec and um Yeah, to to other Canadian teams, which I'm sure is even more of a, a problem because you have to deal with the province of Quebec as well. You have the province of Quebec, and you know, I it, it's nice to see that you know the the local and the provincial government are doing everything they can to assist both of those teams. You know, we're kind of the new kid on the block, so we're in a different situation. But, you know, I, I mean, I've had many Zooms with, uh, you know, the people who run both those teams. And we actually just finished a, uh, a, a, a league Zoom uh, just yesterday. And we're working towards trying to come to some, some conclusions. But by the same token, it, it's very hard to get a final decision when you don't know what's happening. What's so all we're trying to do right now is to make sure we can buy some time and then open up when it's safe and we have the blessings of the, the federal, the provincial, and of course, the civic government. Once again, I'm talking to Sam Ketz of the Ottawa Titans Baseball Club, also owner of the Winnipeg Gold Ties Baseball Club. Now, um, with Winnipeg last year, you guys played out of Sioux Falls, North Dakota, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or actually, no, we, we, we actually played out of Fargo, North Dakota. Fargo, we, no, sorry. Yeah, we, we, we called Fargo home, and then we traveled to the other teams. We had six teams in the Northern. Well, there were five teams in the American Association that wanted to play, and they got the blessings from their government. But as you can appreciate, five is a number that doesn't work in baseball. So I basically said that I would be a travel team for the Winnipeg Gold Eyes, and we did that last year. Now, do you have do you have a backup plan for the Titans if push comes to shove, where we're pushed to the end of the summer for a home fi- home field for the Titans to call home, just to kind of call something home for the temp? You know what I mean? Like, well, here's what here's what I will tell you. Right now, our home is Ottawa. End of story. A three hundred Covington. <laughs> Perfect. That's our home. Uh, by the same token, we're being very realistic with our training camp when you know training camp starts and you got to start making arrangements for the players to fly in, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I can tell you, I'm looking at plans A, B, C, and maybe D and see which one makes the most sense and which one's realistic. So yeah, we are. And, and, and as I said, it would not be uncommon for us to start off with a, with a long road trip and maybe come back a little later and things are much better. Hopefully the plan of everyone being able to be vaccinated by the end of July goes through. Well, that would be nice. It's funny you mentioned that I, I was, I just got my, my first shot today. There you go. See the advantage um, of being older than you. <laughs> exactly. Um, so talk about the, the involvement in the community. Cause you did mention all the diverse community that we have uh, of baseball fans here in Ottawa. We have the old school Expos fans to the young Blue Jays fans because of the, the, the times that we're in right now. And then you have the Gatineau fan, the Gatineau players. What are, what are some of the events or activities that you have planned going on uh, for the, for the community of baseball to grow baseball in Ottawa? Well, first of all, let me tell you, in order to get the community involved, you should also know that somehow by coincidence, I, I, I met a wonderful a wonderful man uh, by the name of uh, Jacques Shore. He's uh, a partner in, in Gowling, uh, a, 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 fairly, a very large law firm there. And 
he was so excited what was going on. He asked if he could be involved in the team as well. And I, I embraced him with open arms because having local people involved from my point of view is a positive thing. So he's all excited about it. And, and you may, you may remember Sebastian uh, who, who was with, he's with us. You know what Sebastian does. He, you know, he runs, he runs camps, etc. And he will be in the community and getting, you know, as far as all of the different, you know, baseball leagues, we'll be out there working with all of them. We also plan like I've done in Winnipeg, you know, we're going to set up a foundation. It'll, it'll be the, uh, the uh, Ottawa Titans Field of Dreams Foundation, and we're going to raise money for children's charities um, in, the, uh, in the community. In Winnipeg, we raised about $2.5 million for children's charities through our foundation. I intend to do the exact same thing uh, in, in Ottawa. So there's no question you have to be part of the community. You have to let them know that you care and you want to be part of your organization as well. But it's a, it's a two-way street, okay? It's no one-way streets here, it's a two-way street. And, and I, I will spend uh, a significant amount of time there. And so will Regan, who will be involved as well, who's been working very strongly you know, with the community and with the hotels and stuff, as you, as you mentioned earlier. But that's, that's important, and doing speaking engagements, et cetera, et cetera, and embracing and getting all the young people to come out you know, whether it's through baseball buddies where they get to go on the field, you know, when the anthem is being sung and then have the uh, every player, you know, where their position signed, you know, giving them an autograph, et cetera. But we have a lot of a lot of positive things planned. But as I said, with the border being closed, it's it's really a, it's a challenging task at this particular point in time. And you mentioned the, the local um, talent that you've brought on and you mentioned Seb Boucher. He used to be a player with the champions since the beginning, player coach, very involved with the community, as you said. And how is it having him involved and bringing him along and having him as the assistant manager of the team? One of the smarter things I've done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he works great with, 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 with David. Um, and, you know, he's only, uh, I think it's less than 15 minutes from the ballpark is where he lives. You know, and like I say, he's got uh, strong ties you know, just, just across the bridge, which is, which is a wonderful thing as well. No, he's um, so, you know, Steve Brooke and he talk a lot. Steve's our manager for the team. And, you know, he, so he can help in many ways. Uh, I can tell you, you know, it's a transition, you know, for Seb, you know, cause he's moving away from baseball more into the corporate stuff, but you know what, he's doing a good job. And I think that's something he really, really wants to do as well. So it works out well. And, you know, I'm, I'm very happy that, that, you know, I was able to work something out with him. We, we were both, the first time we talked, we kind of hit it off and we knew something was going to happen. Okay, didn't know what it was going to be, but we knew something was going to happen. And I'm, I'm glad that that he's happy to move on with him, with his next step in his career because I actually went to his old high school um, okay. grow, growing up. So uh, we kind of had that little similar ties in, in our path. He went further on with his path than I did, obviously. Um, <laughs> but uh, we actually went, I actually went to his old high school. And well, um, like I say, every, you know, everybody I talk to loves that man. They just, you know, <laughs> you know it's, it's nice to see uh, that, you know, how, how well he's respected and embraced by the community. So that's a very big positive. That is, and it, it brings that nice, big, positive um, vibe into the, the the office as well, too, having them there. No question about it. No question about it. 
before we continue, I'm speaking with Sam Katz, owner and president of the Ottawa Titans. You brought up your 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 foundation, the Winnipeg Gold Ice Field of Dreams, uh, and you want your starting the foundation here in Ottawa, the Ottawa Titans Field of Dreams. Early on the podcast, I had the founder of uh, Miracle League of Ottawa uh, on on with me. Um, have you heard of that? Of their chair, what's actually they actually just got charity status, so their charity that they have here in Ottawa. No, I have not. I'm I'm from sorry, I've not. Um, so they they actually started their foundation with um that based off of the need that they have with uh their son who has cerebral palsy, um and is in a wheelchair, and their field is a full one hundred percent accessibility free um field. So it's a full rubberized field and everything. It's it's 100% wheelchair accessible, accessible. everything. Um, so I guess my, my question was, are you going to, since you have, this is the first you're hearing of it, are you going to reach out to see if there's anything that you guys could partner with? Well, happy to talk to anybody, you know, in the community. And what we normally do uh, with, with the Gold Alley Foundation at, at the end of every season, we basically put an advertisement in for children's charities that are looking for funding and they send us and then we fund them from there. So, you know, uh, as you probably know, it takes a little while to get your status, okay? Uh, but, and, and, and in our situation, uh, we've given 100% of every dollar that comes in, goes to the charity, uh, all the people that work on it, our volunteers, nobody gets paid. It's usually a lot of it's the staff that work for your baseball team that are mm -hmm. doing the work. And, you know, we'll do, we'll, we'll organize golf tournaments. We'll have K's for kids where every time, you know, there's a strikeout, we'll have a corporate sponsor. We'll do auctions of, of players, you know, shirts and other, other paraphernalia, et cetera. And, you know, you know, we've done dinners, et cetera. So these are the kind of things that we'll be doing, you know, uh, in Ottawa to raise money for the foundation. That's awesome. Um, now let's go back uh, a little bit to um, the the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. The Gold Eyes actually won the championship their first in their inaugural season uh, in '94. 1994, uh, playing out of the football stadium. That's correct. Are you hoping to bring that same uh, championship <laughs> mantra here to Ottawa? <laughs> yeah, uh, hoping that would be wonderful. Okay, <laughs> keep one thing in mind. There's there's 15 other teams are thinking the exact same thing and there can only be one champion. So, you know what? Uh, that would be, that would be terrific. I can tell you that our manager has a phenomenal track record, Steve Brooks. Mm -hmm. He's uh, he's, he's won championships. He's been in the playoffs. So, you know, anything is possible, but as I said to you, when the season starts, that's your goal. Okay. Mm -hmm. To win the championship. In order to win the championship, you got to get in the playoffs. <laughs> so, so, so that's the first step. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be so naive because I know how difficult it is, you know, to win, you know, unlike other, you know, um, leagues where so many teams make the playoffs. Okay. In, you know, in, in our situation, like the gold eyes, there's only four teams that, you know, make the playoffs out of 12 or 16 teams, depending how many we've had over the years. So it's, it's not an easy task. It's, 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 it's a rough road, but we were fortunate to actually win back to back in 16 and 17 as well. Yeah. And go, you, you mentioned um, the league that, that you're in You're So you're in the frontier league, which has a 
part, which has an affiliation partnership with the Major League Baseball. That's one of the big things that I find over the last 12 years since we had the Ottawa Lynx that has been the most inconsistent thing was jumping from league to league to league to league. What does this part, what does this entry to this league mean for the stability of a professional team here in baseball? Well, as I mentioned to you right now, as, as you and I speak, the Frontier League has 16 teams, 13 in the United States and three in Canada. And, and hopefully there might be another one or two coming in Canada in the future. That would be wonderful. This league will be around for a long time. Uh, as you mentioned, the Frontier League, along with the Atlantic League and the American Association, are partner leagues you know, with Major League Baseball. It was actually... I was actually at the meeting in New York City, uh, I believe it was uh, December of 2019 when we first started talking about this and forming a partner league and what Major League Baseball could do for us, but as well to make sure we always maintain our autonomy. That was also important as well. Whereas, you know, in what they call affiliated ball, someone's telling you everything you have to do. You're not necessarily playing the best players. You're, you're playing the ones you're told to play or the ones who they spent a lot of money on. In our situation, we do play the best players and every game we play to win. See, now there's my, there's my next question. You say you're, complete, you're independent but partnered. Does right. that mean you're not going to be uh, adapting some of the crazy experimental rules that they're coming in uh, to, to the minor leagues? My, absolutely. Listen, they, they can ask that of us. I mean, I know the Atlantic League has done that, and I think some of those suggestions don't make any sense. You know, everybody seems to want to tinker with things. Uh, so, no, I would, I would definitely, you know, be, be against that type of scenario. Uh, we'll continue doing what we're doing. I think independent baseball has shown how they can be successful without getting large subsidies from Major League Baseball. And I think that was the whole raison d'etre behind what Major League Baseball did. You, you say some of the changes don't make sense. What are your opinions on the robot umpires? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting what you call the robot empire. Yeah. The empire is still there. Yeah. He's just okay. Like, the empire is still there. Piece. He's making the call and keep something in mind. Anytime you're dealing with technology, it can fail you. <laughs> okay. So the empire is still there to make the calls if he has to, but you know what? It's no different than what tennis has been doing for a long time. I mean, I used to play tennis. I used to love the game and used to see the big arguments. You know, they called it out, they called it in and, you know, and the bottom line now it works. And in baseball today, if you watch a game, you'll see that nice little box they have. And you can see as a fan, whether it was a ball or a strike, the umpire is calling it, but you know, when he made a bad call and, and I got to tell you something, uh, I, I have umpired little league base. I'm going to tell you, um, could be the most difficult round, okay? Oh, 100%. Being an official is really tough. And when that, play, when that play comes at first base and you're watching the foot and you're listening for the, you know, the ball to hit the leather and you got to make that call, it's not easy. And if you don't make that call ASAP, you're in trouble, man. You're in big trouble. <laughs> so I'm a level four umpire as well. I, I completely okay, agree I with didn't that. know that. Yeah. And what I have seen so many times is a play – that I could not tell watching it and that empire had to make the call. And yet after the review and going slow-mo and breaking it out, they made the right call. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. The job they do is phenomenal, but listen, 
what human being is perfect that's it that's it that doesn't exist now why, why don't we why don't we come back to the the titans a little bit here and bring some hype to the team now I'm not sure if you've seen the post of the uh, MLB 21, uh, MLB 20, sorry, jersey that was made based off the Titan. Once the Titans logo came out, that was posted on social media a little bit. Uh, that was actually me. <laughs> I'm going to plug myself in there. Um, just to bring the hype there, when is the gear coming? When, when are we going to start seeing the, the jersey? I know the hats are out, the T-shirts are out. When are we going to start seeing the jerseys and, and that stuff come in? Well, the, everything, it's, it's all been ordered, including uniforms, etc. So it'll all be coming real soon. As you know, training camp start is, isn't that far away. So, and I'll make sure that I contact you and let you know exactly when, <laughs> what day it arrives. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of, the, uh, of the swag and the swag of baseball. Yeah. So me too. That's what that, that's what makes every sport work. And, and how do you feel about what the swag that Tatis and all these young players are bringing to the sport? Well, I, I think I think it's important. I, I think it's 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 a positive situation. And when it comes to the younger people, the swag is what it's all about. Okay. I mean, you know, and you can see what was going on during COVID. Every professional team had masks with their logo on it. They all had the little neck things that you could pull up. I mean, you know, it's the way it goes, but merchandise is a big part of any sporting operation today. I'm, I'm sure you realize that. And you can see when you get a player who's extremely popular, what impact that can have, you know, on the sales of, of, of merchandise. You'll see that, you know, in the NBA, you'll see that in, in major league baseball, you'll see it in, in hockey and, and, and you'll see it, you know, I left somebody out. Who did I leave out? Oh, the NFL. Okay. <laughs> you see it all. And it also goes down to the minor leagues as well. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's extremely important. And, and I can tell you, you know, it, it's amazing how, you know, I'll be wearing, you know, uh, whether it's a t-shirt or a, or a hoodie or a hat and I'm traveling somewhere in, in the U S and they'll say, Winnipeg gold eyes. I heard about them. It's, you know, it's unreal. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's so much, it's, 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 it's unbelievable how swag lets the world know that you're there. The number of requests we get from people in the USA or other parts of the world actually ask ordering a hat for the gold eyes, it blows me away. It blows me away, but they do. Now, you mentioned players to look out for. Who can we be excited? Who do you see uh, can we be excited for in coming out? In I, I think, you're, listen, let, let me share this with you. Steve has done a great job and bring some quality players who've won championships. You're going to see a lot of players. You're going to okay. see a lot of players. So once again, I'm talking to Sam Katz of the Ottawa Titans professional baseball team of the Frontier League here in Ottawa. My favorite memories were growing up and, and going to Montreal Expos games um, and going to Ottawa Lynx games when we can have the tickets because it used to be sellouts. And that was one of the things when I was actually bat boy for the Lynx was the sellouts, it was constantly being sold out and, and everything like that. The players couldn't even get tickets. So one point, the sell- the p- crowds weren't coming, but the players were still not able to get tickets because it was sold out because there was no more parking. There was no more transportation yeah, there. I've, yeah, I've, and, heard, I've, I've, I've heard that. I've had a lot of people. I spoke to people who actually you know, worked for the Lynx and uh, higher up, and they, they shared a lot of stories with me. But as you know, the Lynx did great. When they when they yeah. when they first came to Ottawa, and I think to me one of the saddest saddest parts of baseball, from my point of view, and I believe it was 1994, and if I'm wrong, you'll correct me. To, uh, but you were you were pretty young then. <laughs> is that when the Expos, okay, 
would have had the best team of all. Yes. And they went yes. out. To play. It was 93 or 94. So 94. 94. 94. Blue, Jays 94. Won, Blue Jays won 92, 93. Then the Expos had the team of the world. The Absolutely. all team. And then the strike happened. And then the strike happened. That was when they had Tim Raines. They had Larry Walker. They had young Pedro Martinez. Phenomenal team who more than likely would have won the World Series. Given and the opportunity. they had Gary Carter. And Gary, Gary Carter, Carter was one of the best. Too. Yeah. So, you know, that to me was so sad that that strike cost them the, the chance. Who knows? 100%. What would that would have been three straight years of championships in Canada. Canada. I, conspiracy a little bit, but uh, that, that's another <laughs> episode. <laughs> you, so, you know perfectly well that, that issue of the transportation from the West End to uh, for, for the Canada uh, and Barhaven fans to get to the stadium. Is there anything that you that you're planning to to improve on that? I know we've got the nice LRT across the way, but is there anything else? We have the LRT. We made arrangements with a couple of building owners just across from us as well for for extra parking. The LRT will definitely help. And as I say, we've been working with our neighbors to make arrangements uh, for more parking because I know that was a big complaint when they were successful that it was just getting there was could be slow, but the bigger problem was finding a parking spot. So what people might not know is that you were actually the mayor of Winnipeg as well um, during your time in Winnipeg as the owner of the Gold Eyes. Um, does that bring a unique perspective in coming over to Ottawa to um, partner with the city to, to help with growing the, the not only the, the Titans, but the game of baseball in the city? You know, um, uh I was in baseball before I became mayor. When I became, I was mayor for 10 years. And then, uh, and for the last, I guess I've, it's almost six that I have not been mayor and I've been back with the Gold Eyes. Um, I, I can share, I'm happy to share this with you. Number one, you know, dealing with the uh, uh, city of Ottawa administration and the mayor's office uh, has been a, a true joy and, and a great experience. Okay. Uh, I mean, there were certain things that they had to take care of and there's certain things that I had to take care of. And we both understood that. And we worked out a deal that, that worked for both parties. And anytime you do a deal, it's got to work for both parties. So I, I came in there with, a, with an approach to make them whole. Okay. And, 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 and we worked, we worked everything out and, you know, we're looking forward to playing that that's that's our yeah. that's our big obstacle right now but i think we'll be able to overcome that in the near future so um you know what i don't think it was um i, I can't tell you it was a great asset uh, i can i can tell you there were other people that were interested but when they looked at the partnership of kate's and oseg they said hey this is something that's you know made in heaven this makes total sense these are the people that we want and so you know uh, we got the deal and, and, and we, we signed the lease and, you know, I, I'm happy, you know, I'm happy with what's going on. Um, never, ever thought that I'd be living through a situation called COVID-19 for a year plus. Okay. Never, ever dreamt that. Uh, and it's been very hard. You know, I've watched many of many friends of mine who had small businesses who are no longer around. Okay. It's unfortunate. And, and there's no question that, you know, COVID-19 has had the greatest impact on, on, on sports and entertainment. You know, we're basically shut down period. I mean, yeah. if you're the NH, the big boys can play because they have TV contracts, but the yeah. other guys we're just shut right down. So it, it's extremely unfortunate. You know, we're hoping 
that changes in the very near future and we can get out there and let the people know, hey, we're here. You're going to have a great time. It's going to be quality and affordable family entertainment and you're going to want to come back. That's great. And you mentioned you got the lease for, for the city and everything that happened with the previous owner. Now, I know the city's been rent, at least renting out the stadium to try and recover to the local um, men's league, as well as a big part with the uh, Capital City Reds. Are you going to continue that partnership with them to, for the stadium as well? Well, we, 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 we have we, we worked on a situation where they have, I mean, our schedule will be the priority and they can certainly work mm -hmm. around that. We're also hoping to do other events in the ballpark as well. And you're definitely going to be bringing your little, uh, your entertainment background uh, flair to it a little bit as well. <laughs> I like that word flair. I'm going to use that one. Yes, <laughs> that would be, that would be our, our, our goal. Uh, 100%. Thank you so much. Um, once again, I, I have been joined by uh, Sam Hitz of the Ottawa Titans president and owner. Thank you again, Sam, uh, for joining me on my second episode of uh, 613 Baseball. And I can't wait to see what's coming uh, for you guys. I can't wait to be sitting in the ballpark with you in the very near future. You take care. I can't, I can't either. Thank you so much. That was my guest, Sam Katz of the Ottawa Titans. Thank you so much for joining me. And that's everything I have for you guys today. Uh, some great interviews today with uh, not only the Miracle League of Ottawa, but uh, Sam Katz of the Ottawa Titans and some good information to look forward to. So once again, you could find all that information on the Ottawa Titans at their website, theottawatitans.com and the Miracle League of Ottawa at the miracleleagueofottawa.ca. Both great or organizations to follow. Um, you can also fi follow them on their Facebook pages and their Twitter, account Twitter accounts for the Ottawa Titans uh, at Ottawa Titans. You can also find me at 613 Sports on Twitter and the 613 Baseball Podcast on Facebook. I'm also on all major podcast platforms. Once again, thank you so much for listening to me today uh, and can't wait to, to have you guys on next week.